So the landlords, obviously, we know we're looking for they're looking for cash flow. So just keep it simple. When you're dealing, when you're looking for buyers, you gotta always put yourself in the shoes of that buyer. So let's just keep it traditional right now. Since things are changed, like we said, everything went a little off the racks with the, the hedge funds. So if you're newer into this business and you just were just used to getting those easy sales, now all those buyers are gone. So now you're like. You're listening to the Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Welcome to another episode of the Azria Show. Guys, thank you so much for being here. This is Marcus Maloney, and I have my co-host, Mike Delpre. What's up, Marcus? Hey, I'm recording from home today. I'm not in the studio. As you guys can hear, I got a little bit of a scratchy voice, but we're going to push through and we're definitely going to make it happen. So Mike, we got a lot coming up, man. We had a busy week. We were yep. had our monthly meeting on Monday. We were down in Tucson on Tuesday. We were Wednesday. We did the comping class. Thursday was the beginners group. Today, we're doing a podcast episode. And mm. then this weekend, we have the full weekend of the Build Your Wholesale step-by-step -step course in class this weekend, man. So you take a deep breath, man. You ready? I'm ready, man. I'm, I feel like we're just getting started. I know it. I know <laughs> it. I know it. <laughs> so, what we, so what we want to do today, guys, we talked earlier this week, we talked about sellers, you know, how to find motivated sellers. What is a motivated seller? What are some of those triggers? What to look for? Things like that. We talked about comping, how to find the value of a property on Wednesday. Today, we want to focus on your end buyer. We want to focus on where are the cash buyers with the change and the shift in the market. Buyers shift just like homeowners shift. You know, sometimes homeowners say, yes, I'm motivated. Things happen where there's a lot of inventory on the market. Then it changes. Same way it does with buyers where the buyer that was a buyer a year ago is no longer a buyer today. So how do we find those new buyers? So, Mike, I'm going to ask you real quick, man. What do you classify or who do you classify as a cash buyer? So who are cash buyers? So so we're, we're, we're focusing on wholesalers right today. So wholesalers that want to get deals done in today's market, it's key to find the cash buyers. So the cash, who's a cash buyer? Cash buyers are people with cash, money in the bank, right? Someone that could liquidate their, their funds and buy a house within 24 hours. Someone serious that could purchase that junkie house or, or they have access to hard money, right? So, so cash buyers have hard money, cash, and they're ready to move on a house. They can be fixing flippers, right? They're going to take an ugly house and turn it, make it pretty. They could be landlords, right? Mm -hmm. So they buy the house, clean it up, fix it up, rent it out for cash flow. There's, I mean, through the last few years, we've had I buyers, hedge funds, corporate buyers. For Arizona, we had a lot of people coming in from California, selling their houses in California, coming here. So there's a lot of different types of people, but we want people that have cash and that can move quick. So what Absolutely. we're going to do, we're going to tell you different types. We're going to go deeper in the types of cash buyers. We're going to talk about how to find the cash buyers, what's, what makes a real cash buyer. And, you know, even some co-wholesaling, some JVs and stuff will cover as well. Right. So you know what this episode is about now. So get your pen, your paper, 
or your iPad, let's start taking some notes because we always want you to get the information and then execute on the information. So types of cash buyers, Mike, you kind of mentioned it. We talked about iBuyers. Let's kind of touch on that touch on that for a second because that absolutely has changed the game it changed the game about three or four years ago and now it's changed again what are you seeing in the market as far as the i buyers those hedge fund investors that came in arizona and started buying up everything yeah i think that's kind of disappearing you know it has disappeared so a lot of those type of buyers have moved on or are just on the sidelines so obviously I hear they they are coming back like here, like I think what is it like BlackRock or something? They got like mm-hmm. $50 billion, something crazy and they're ready to buy real estate. So forget about that. I would still build those relationships with other investors that have those contacts and, and build those yourself and be prepared for those because as wholesalers, we're always adapting because buyers go through cycles, right? So some buyers can buy one house a year, one house a month, some buy 10 a month you know, everyone's different. So you're always adapting to the buyers because buyers go through cycles. So yeah, man, I think it's transitioned. So that's a good question. So the, so everyone that got in the game the last two, three years, they're just flipping at 85, 95% straight to the hedge fund, 100%, whatever it is. There was, there was yeah. no strategy there. It was just find a house and give it to them because there was no supply. So they were just buying up. And for them, it's a long-term play, right? So right. They're, not, they're not trying to get that sweet deal like local investors. So it was great. So if that comes into the market, take advantage of it, do it. But for now, when we started in the last crash, it was it was a different type of buyer. So what you mean? But wait, wait, real quick, Mike, before we shift to the different type of buyer, just to wrap up with the iBuyers, you know, me and Mike, we did quite a few deals with iBuyers and it was very simple. It was very seamless. They had a buy box. Hey, I'm looking for three twos, you know, 1985 and newer. um, And that was it. So you would just go out, take orders, find people, and you would find that and give that to them. And it was very, very simple. But now, because their whole motive, like Mike was saying, was was a long-term play. So they were buying these properties just to go in and either turn around and put them right back on the market, or they was using them as rentals. Because here in Arizona, there was a huge shortage of apartments and lower income, lower income assets for people to move into and the rents were going up. So they saw an opportunity. Now that opportunity has shifted. So now they're on the sidelines looking. So I just wanted to recap that, Mike, before we move yeah, on. So what else are we going to hit? So what's the next question you got, Marcus? What do you so, want to- I mean, true, true cash buyers. So we talked about I buyers. What about that landlord buyer? So the landlords, obviously we know we're looking for they're looking for cash flow. So just keep it simple. When you're dealing, when you're looking for buyers, you got to always put yourself in the shoes of that buyer. So let's just keep it traditional right now. Since things are changed, like we said, everything went a little off the racks with the the hedge funds. So if you're newer into this business and you just were just used to getting those easy sales, now all those buyers are gone. So now you're like, now I got to, how do I make some money? What kind of, how do I get these buyers? So with landlords, the best way to do it is you got to understand the way they think. Right. So how do they analyze a property? How does a landlord look for their net operating income, their ROI, their cap rate, their cash on cash return? So these are all terms that you should be going to the Asria website, go into the glossary. And we have a big glossary of all these, these things and understand how to formulate that. Right. So now when you're talking to these, um, 
landlords, they're going to probably tell you they want like a 10% return, 15% return, 8% return, whatever it is. And then you could, when you're negotiating with these homeowners, you could work it back, reverse engineer it and work it backwards. The same thing with a fix and flipper, right? You just got to understand how they think, put yourself in the shoes of your buyer and understand how they calculate deals. And that will help you write your offer with the homeowners. So, and, and, and another good thing about the landlord. So we talked about the iBuyers that can buy 90 100%, sometimes even 105% of ARV after repair value. Now the landlords, they fit in that middle section. They can buy a little bit more aggressively than fixing flippers because they're not going to go in and they're not going to put in, you know, um, what quartz countertops and yeah. go in and change wow. out all of the cabinets and everything like that. They're just going to get it rent ready so they can keep, you know, the Oak looking cabinets. They can keep the Formica or the older granite as long as they clean it up. So you can offer your seller a little bit higher amount knowing that you don't need to get it so deep for fixing flippers. So again, that's knowing your buyer type. So we talked about the iBuyer where you could be super aggressive on getting the property under contract. And then you have the landlord where you can be moderately aggressive on getting the property under contract because again, they're looking for the cash flow. It's a long-term play versus the fixing flipper that's trying to be in and out and they have to get it at a significantly deeper discount. Yes, sir. I see what you're doing there, Marcus. You're going, all right, you have a plan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so what's next? What do we got next then? So we got the so, iBuyer, the landlord. Yep. So now, now the fix and flipper, let's talk about the fix and flipper, that type of buyer, because that type of buyer is definitely going in cycles right now because you had everybody and their mother, grandmother, auntie, and uncle that were out there flipping houses because they can get them. They can put a little bit into them, throw them on the market, and they would get a, get an offer within hours that has changed significantly. So knowing that buyer, you have to look at things differently. So Mike, kind of school us on what we need to look for when we're working with that fix and flip buyer. Yes, yeah, so you hit it right on you know the head, right? The market's changed, right? So people, even the newer people getting into flipping the last few years, they're speculating. They're playing it like the stock market. They were overpaying on a property because they know it'd be a, it was so crazy. It would appreciate you know five, ten percent or, or more over the next three months, where it would cover any errors or whatever. Or they would you know so they're buying these properties incorrectly. Well, it worked out for the play for the time at being, but if we're going back to the foundation traditional wholesaling and, and flipping properties. You got to get back to the basics. You got to buy deeper. You got to buy right. You got to you got to be smarter. So these fix and flippers are the, the type of buyer that's coming into this market that sees an opportunity. They're, they're more savvy, right? So, or they're going to want a better deal. So you're going to get on these flippers. You're obviously, you got to run your numbers. You have, you have your margins for room for error. Your holding costs might be longer, right? I think just on the Azria data that we've been tracking with our members, I think we went from already went from like three to four months to five months on a hold for your whole time for the fix and flip. So you're starting to notice that trend here. So you got to have, so that meet with all that said, that fix and flipper, they're going to want a better deal, right? Yep. With all the, with the, uh, the expenses of the deal going up, the holding costs longer mm -hmm. and the market not knowing where it's at yet, if it's where it's trending and just kind of where all this kind of seeing where it's going, they're going to want a deeper discount. They're going to buy much deeper because it's a bigger risk. So you got to get better deals with these homeowners. So yeah, so that's deep. So then, yeah, these fix and flippers are going to be negotiating, right? They're going to want that deal. They're going to negotiate with you. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's what we're dealing with, fix and flippers on, on that end. 
Yeah, because fix and flippers, I mean, they they really have to be aware of all of the uncertainty in the market because they can buy it at one price thinking that that ARV is going to be X by the time they get done with the rehab that that X can be a lot lower than, you know, like you said, 5, 10, 20% lower than, or maybe not 20% lower, but 10% lower than what they anticipated. So they have to have a buffer in there and guess what they're going to do? They're going to look at, the wholesaler and say, I'm going to get my buffer out of this wholesaler and make the wholesaler go back to the homeowner and try and squeeze out their, their profit. So that's your, the fix it flipper. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying where they'll squeeze your fee because they know you got five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand in there, <laughs> whatever. It may right. Be. Right. Yep. That's, that's exactly what I was saying. All right. So next we did corporate or investors we did, or as we did fix and flippers. Now yeah. there's another, there's another category as far as the group home investors. So yeah. people that are doing sober living homes, youth group homes, senior group homes, kind of talk about that, kind of touch on that. And I can chime in on that as well. No, really? So, so now traditional, right? The wholesaler was always created to feed like the fix and flipper landlord. And, you know, as time evolves and, you know, so there's these different types of buyers. So these are more unusual buyers, maybe we could say. Well, group homes are a little different. Yeah. So group homes, obviously people, assisted living facilities, people that are aging, mental health, VA, single mothers, like there's all these different types of homes that are where groups of people could live in. And so what you're, what these investors are doing, they're getting a property and they're changing the use of the property, right? Rather than traditional long-term tenant. So anyways, it's a different business. It's a, it's, it's a business model and they need a house. So there's some investors that will either, you could sell to that group home owner, assisted living owner, they buy the house and they do whatever they need to do to run their business. And there's also investors out there that buy the house and just rent it at a higher price to the group homes. Exactly. So, you know, we'll get into buy box and criteria, but yeah, that's in short, it's just another, another strategy. Yeah. And then, you know, with those, those group homes, they're renting out by either the room or by the bed. So instead of looking at, Hey, I'm renting out the whole house and it's going to be $2,400 to rent out this whole house. They can rent that bed out for $2,400 a month. So they can be really aggressive on their, on their purchase, on their acquisition price versus fixing flippers or some of the other categories. So Mike, let's talk about quality versus quantity. We always talk about, you know, we always hear people say, yeah, I got a massive buyer's list, 30,000 people on my buyer's list. And you know, that's great. But then you have the person that say, Hey, you know what? I have about 10 people that I work with exclusively. And every time I get something, I know exactly what they want and I move it kind of give us the quality over quantity dynamic. What do you, what do you prefer? Let's start there. Well, I say, you know, if you could do both, do both. Yep. <laughs> right. All right. So if you have money, time to build a list, once again, it goes back to buyers go through cycles, right? So you never know who, if you go for quantity, quantity, you never know who's on that list, who's really active. So my goal, you know, here at our company is to always, always build it, right? Because mm -hmm. I've actually, over the last few months, has buyer, you know, like I said, the buyer's changing. I'm seeing older buyers. I've sold deals to two, three, four years ago, even longer. Hey, what's going on, Mike? You know, mm -hmm. what's going on? Things are changing. What's, you know, they're just curious now. So, so those savvier old investors coming back a little bit. So you still, I still want to build that list as much as possible because you never know who's who. However, if you want to cut a check and get paid quickly, I would go to the to quality, right? Mm -hmm. So now shift into 
who is actually buying, right? Who's buying today? Who just bought a property a couple months ago? Who's who's actively looking today? And yes, I'd rather pre-qualify five quality people, find out exactly what they're looking for and go to the marketplace and, and serve it to them on a, on a on a platter, right? So as wholesalers, we're waiters and waitresses. We're taking orders and we're just delivering it to the buyer exactly what they want. So yeah, I would rather, that's what we're doing is this mm-hmm. that, that quality buyer and is giving them what they're looking for. And and I know you guys heard us say buy box, you know, you got to know the investor's buy box. That's where this comes into play. So the buy box is when you have knowing the quality of your investor, your cash buyer, you know exactly what they want. You know, mm-hmm. hey, I want to be in North Phoenix. I need the house to be between 1500 square feet, 2400 square feet, minimum three bedrooms, two bathrooms, no older than 1985. And I want to only be able to do maybe 20 to $30,000 in repairs. That's it. So it's knowing that buy box of what each person wants. Now it takes a little bit more time, you know, getting to know that buy box, but that's where that rapport and that constant relationship. And like Mike said, making those phone calls to those buyers and saying, Hey, you know what? The market has changed. Are you still buying in this specific area? If not, what's changed? Where are you going now? Where are you headed? What do we need to go out and look for you? Where do we need to find these deals for you? And they are willing to have that conversation with you because they know, Hey, if, you know what they want. You're going to bring that exactly to them. Yeah. And, and don't be afraid to pre-qualify them. And you know, like some market said, and have that conversation. What was your last deal? Like, when did you do your last deal? What type of deal was it? Flip, hold, what were you doing? You know what I mean? So how are you paying for these properties, right? Is it come from the IRA, cash, hard money? What are you doing? How are you funding these things, right? So, because there will be people that will call you and be like, hey, I want to go see the house, you know? Yep. <laughs> Get the lockbox code, right? You know, like, who are you? You know, what are you looking for? Anything with meat on the bones, just send it over. Hey, don't get me wrong. There's some of us out there that could buy anywhere, right? And mm-hmm. it's that margin. But majority of the people are just like, anything with meat on the bones, you know, just, you know, pre-qualify the people, put some deals in front of them. You know, whether it's a co-wholesale deal, if you don't have a deal yet, whether it's one of your deals, start putting stuff in front of them and say, what do you think about this? And they're going to be like, I told you, Mike, that's not the area. This is what I'm looking for. Here's why I don't want to buy that. Here's what's wrong with it. This is why it's overpriced. All, they'll go over. Mm-hmm. A real buyer will tell you all that because they want to get a deal done. And they want you to bring them what they want. So don't be afraid to talk to these cash buyers and figure out what they want. And the good thing is when you qualify them, they know if they get an email from you or a text from you or a phone call from you, they know hey, this could be my next fix and flip. This could be my next rental because Mike know exactly what I'm looking for. And it's not just some random, hey, here's a property in in Campo Verde. Do you want it? And we're like, we ain't even doing anything out there. Why are you sending me this? So that's the quality over quantity. Now, Mm -hmm. quantity do come into play sometimes because if you build that buyer's list big enough, you will have properties that you will come across in outlying areas, you know, that where you may not have a property in the specific metro that you're in right here in Phoenix, and it may be in an outlying area, and you may have a buyer that's happened to be on that buyer's list that you never spoke to, never worked with, and they said, hey, you know what, I'm looking for properties out there, I think this is a deal for me, let's yeah. talk about it. 
And, and another part of that is, which we'll touch on a little bit later, is other wholesalers, right? Because wholesale, hey, I know I don't have the every buyer in the world on my list, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like so when you have these relationships with other wholesalers and do some joint ventures and co-wholesaling, they have their own list. They have their own five, ten hot buyers. So when they're on your in your database, they're looking. Wholesalers are looking at each other's emails. We're paying attention because we want to feed our buyers. So you're having those wholesalers, you don't, you know, going into the quantity, they're in there as well. So just remember, guys, this weekend, yes, this episode is out today, Friday. What's today's date? Friday the 13th. So tomorrow, Saturday the 14th, Sunday the 15th, me and Mike are going to be going over all of this. You can go to asria.org and you can register for our wholesale step-by-step, -step. build your wholesale business step-by-step. -step. So it's this yeah. weekend. So it's urgent. You're listening to this podcast right now. You need to be going immediately to asria.org and register for our event this weekend. We're going over tons of content from cash buyers to motivated sellers, to marketing, to how to find deals, how to comp deals. What else, Mike? What else are we going over? Everything you need to build your wholesale business, marketing, acquisitions, transaction coordinating, dispositions. We're probably going to have Great American Title pop in and talk about the title process a little bit. We're going to have Brandon Simmons come in and he's going to be talking about for two hours, subject to wraps, seller finance, uh, lease options. It's, we're just going to brain dump you. This is going to be recorded. It's going to be streamed. So if you can't make it in person, which I always recommend in person, yeah, you can watch it online and you'll get the recording if you can't make it. So yeah. And guess what? We got plenty of handouts. So if you don't know where to get a purchase contract from, we got you. If you don't know where to get an assignment agreement, we got you. If you don't know where to get the memorandum of contract, we got you. All of this stuff is going to be provided for you. So you just need to show up. So, okay. Just wanted to throw that quick little intro and plug in there for the class. So Mike, you made, you made a great statement. You said, you know, a cash buyer, when you're qualifying them, you want to ask them, Hey, when was the last deal you done? You know, are you going cash or hard money? Those are good decisions. Those are good questions to ask, to qualify that buyer to see if they're actually a good cash buyer. Correct. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I and I will I'll give you a quick example, guys. So I have a buyers list and it's quantity. So I have it sparsed out. I have my quality buyers, but then we have our quantity buyers. We had a property and the lady gave me a call. She was asking about the property. She was interested. She was a landlord. And I just want to make this point. But she once we got on the phone, she was like, Yeah, I want to go and take a look at it. And everything like that now exactly how does this work mm, yeah you know can i i i, I want to go to my local bank and i want to get financing through there but it's going to take about 40 days for me to get the financing so can can i do that so it lets me know right there that she's never done a wholesale deal never went through the process. So immediately I didn't disqualify her, but I did educate her. And I let her know that these are off market deals. You know, it's speed. You buy the pro property as is there's no concessions, anything like that. There's no realtor fees, but you have to be quick and you have to exercise 
you have to exercise that contract quickly. It's not 30, 40 days. So those are just some of the pre-qualification questions that you can ask them. Like Mike said, you know, when was the last time you done a deal? Are you doing cash or hard money? If you're well, doing down that line, Marcus, what's a good, what's a, what makes a good cash buyer? What's a real, what, how do they, what, what's in their head? How do they operate? How do they think? So that was a great example. We get those calls all the time. Like, Hey, they, can I use a bank loan? Right. Hey, educate them, you know, re, have a, a agent you could refer them to, right. To go get, you know what I mean? And maybe you can get a kickback at some level or whatever, build a good relationship with someone. But what's, what, what do you think, or are some traits of a good cash buyer? After you ask them those questions, you start working with them. Sure. A good cash buyer, if they're truly serious, they'll send over proof of funds. They'll send over, I mean, they will actually send over a bank statement showing how much money they have. They'll send over, you know, a few properties that they've done recently in the area. They'll send over settlement statements. They'll say, hey, here's a couple of properties that I have listed on the MLS right now that we have just completed doing a fix and flip on. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I mean, a good trace of a good cash buyer. I like what you said. Yeah, because remember, especially in this market, they want the deal. You know what I mean? So they're going to be up front and forward and give you what, what they have. So a good, they have experience, right? So just so you could tell in their voice and how they talk back with you, right? They're not vague. They're not beating around, beating around, skirting around the questions, right? Quick decisions, right? Real, real cash buyers that, like Marcus said earlier, they know where they're buying. They know if they want garages or pools, or they know the neighborhoods, like the back of their hand, they can make a decision literally probably over the phone if they really wanted to. Sight unseen, not saying they have to do sight unseen, because remember, as wholesalers, we have, these are quick cash deals. So there's no inspection periods. They're willing to put $5,000 or more hard or cashier's check, right? Always cashier's check, never cash, never personal check, never money order. Always a cashier's check or a wire to the title company for 5K or more. I've had people offer 10, 15, 20K just to get the deal. So they're willing to put down that quick money order, make a quick decision. Not money, oh shit, money order. I keep saying money order, I had it written down. Cashier's check. And you could jump in anytime, man. I I, I know they have systems. Yeah, right? I mean, you're 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 hitting all of the all of the key points. You know, it it's not much that they need to prove to you. I think the best proof actually is just having that conversation. When they say, "Hey, you know what? I saw an email about this deal." They're gonna ask you, "How can I access the deal?" They're gonna ask you. Well, one, they're gonna. They may ask you, hey, is this price negotiable? How fast can they get in? How fast can they close? Things like that. You will know. Like I said, when I had that conversation with that lady, I already knew, hey, this is not my buyer. That's a good one. Okay. They're not asking you like, can I have more time? Can, can you give me a couple more? It happens. Don't get Don't get wrong. You get these serious buyers that maybe some funds are moving or they got an influx of cash coming. There's these unique situations or they're in a 1031 or an IRA situation. But normally- 95% of the time, they got it, right? How, like you said, how fast can I get in? Can I go right now? There's times if they, they'll, you send out that email or that text, it's, you know, I'm going, can I get there right now? What's up? And like, they're beating you to it. So, yeah. or they may even say, hey, I'm outside of the house right now. Can I yeah. get in? Yep, 100%. I remember, yeah, for sure, man. So, we got that. So, another thing I was going to is like systems and processes. They could, they have contractors, they have property managers, they have agents, they have teams where they can do five, 10 deals a month and they can look at multiple properties. There, there's some investors like, I'm sending my guys there now, they'll let me know in a half hour. You know, however it works. So you want people that, that have those processes and systems to do multiple deals and they'll negotiate you. 
you know, maybe depends how bad, how good the deal is or not, how bad they want it. But just be prepared for that. A good investor, fix and flipper is going to negotiate that fee. All right. So we talked about who they are. We talked about what they buy. We talked, we talked about how to qualify them. Now it's like, where do we find these people at? You know, so some of the places where you can find cash buyers, guys, is. But real quick, Mark. Yep. So, so this week, really quick. So we have the, the wholesale class, January 14th and 15th. So if you can't make that, or you're looking for more things to do just next week, we have a lot of stuff coming up. Like I said, we did, we went from 100 to 200 events last year. So we already did like six <laughs> this week. So next week, I just want to let everyone know, check out the multifamily subgroup. Uh, which is this Monday, six o'clock here at the Phoenix office. That's on Monday. And then I think it's Wednesday. We have the lunch and learn. So at, at 12 on zoom register for the lunch and learn, we have, we're doing the infinite banking. So become your own bank, leveraging life insurance policies. And then Wednesday night, we got the experienced investors group. So if you've done three, four or five deals or more, we meet over at hidden track on 12th street in Highland, drink some wine, talk real estate, do deals. You never know who's in that room. And then Thursday night, we have notes with Tom Chase. So if you're interested in, in, in notes, buying and selling notes, he's been doing it for 20 years. He's a master wizard at notes. So if you want to learn anything about that Thursday night, be in the room. So that's all I wanted to say. How do you find these buyers? All right. Yep. So a few ways that you can find buyers. I'll give you one simple, one very, very simple way to find buyers is go to your title company. Yep. Ask the title company, hey, who are the serious cash buyers? Who are the, who are the serious investors that close transactions with your title company? As simple as that. And they'll say, Hey, you need to contact so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. They closed three deals this week. They closed eight deals last month, so on and so forth. So that's, that's one, one process. Makes so much sense. Title company closes all the deals. Title companies want, want to close more deals, especially yep. in times. So they're going to be like, call, this lady, this guy, this lady, they're closing deals and they'll hook you up and make the connection. Great one. That's a really good one. Okay. So you got the title companies Two, you can network. So just like Mike was saying, we did six events this week. We got next week, we got another four or five that's coming up. Just got to be where all the investors are. So you can go to asria.org. Yep. I just pulled out, I was in my pocket. I was like, what's all this in my pocket? I had like 15 business cards. <laughs> yep. So just, just by now, you know, going to where the people are and having those conversations with them, you'll build your buyers list. Just like I, when we were down in Tucson, I used that as an example. I was sitting right next to a guy. He said, Hey, I'm looking for a tape, a portfolio of at least 47 single family homes here in Tucson. I'm cash ready, ready to go. So that's a cash buyer. So you have to be in the place in order to find the people sometimes. So that's two. So you got title companies, you have networking, then there's there's technology. You can leverage technology. So Mike, let, let's talk about some of the technology people can leverage to find buyers. Well, there's a lot. All right. So one. Just give, yeah, give us one or two and one, I'll give some okay. more. All right. So, well, PropStream right? It's a paid service, hundred bucks a month, right? But you can extract all cash buyers. So you have a property in a certain area. All you got to do is punch that address into PropStream, pulls that address up. It'll show you exactly in a little green hit cash buyer. <laughs> so simple. It's just clicking buttons and then it'll show you zero or 10 cash buyers. Click on that lead, see who bought it, contact them, right? Are you buying more, right? And even with PropStream, it makes it even easier. 
before we go to MLS, they give you the ML. If it was, if it was, if it was a flip listed on MLS or says who the agent was, if there was an agent involved and you can call the agent, say, hey, can you get me in touch mm -hmm. with this cash buyer? And, or, so you can get paid. I can get paid. I have a deal in that neighborhood. Are they looking for another one? So PropStream, and we'll have a link in the show notes on YouTube for the seven day free trial to PropStream. Okay. So that's technology. Another one is social media, Facebook groups. I mean, you can go to, you can go in almost any city and just put in real estate, that city, Kansas city, real estate, Facebook groups, Phoenix, Arizona, real estate, Facebook groups, Tucson, Facebook groups, Chandler, Facebook groups, Tempe, Facebook groups. And the majority of the people in there are investors. There are some wholesalers and you want to go to the reputable Facebook groups. If like Mike always say, if they're selling sunglasses or asking for a specific experience, you don't want to be in that group. You want to make sure you find the groups where you can actually see deals are being posted. People are talking and chatting. Okay. So that's Facebook groups. Also with social media, you can use like Instagram, just let people know, go live, let people know, Hey, I'm a, I'm a wholesaler. I'm out here. I'm finding off-market deals. Look, I'm right here in sunny slope right now. I'm looking for, for your next deal. Reach out to me, send me your, your email, DM me. If you're looking for, if you're looking for your next fix and flip or your next, you know, buy and hold property. Very simple. Be shameless, put yourself out there. The hashtags on Instagram, AZ Real Estate, Arizona Real Estate, whatever it is, see what has a lot of posts. There's people posting deals and there's people doing deals in there, posting for whether they're agents, wholesalers, flippers, everyone's showing what they do. It's simple as just getting on your phone, really. If you do one thing, we're going over five, 10 things, just pick one of them and do it every day, all day. Whether it's finding, either if you want to jump into finding motivated sellers, any type of marketing, any type of anything, if you just do something consistently, a deal will fall on your lap. There you go. There you go. Oh. So the next, the next thing that you can do is you can network with other wholesalers. You can find the major wholesalers that's in your market and network with them. So Mike, I know you're big with co-wholesaling. I'm very big with co-wholesaling. You want to kind of share your experience with co-wholesaling and I'll share my experience. Yeah, basically co-wholesaling joint ventures, right? So wholesaler is direct with homeowner. They have a contract. And then you can get what we call like a flex option or whatever it may be, some type of an agreement where it's like, hey, I give you permission to an option to sell my contract, right? So you want to have some type of communication permission with that wholesaler that's direct. And then you go out there and put it in front of your cash buyers, right? So how it works is to keep it simple. If they're selling it, they the one the the original wholesaler wants a hundred k net to them. You usually add your fee on top and bring that. That's how you get paid, right? All goes through the title company. So that's just a basic idea of co-wholesaling. I'll say the last three deals we did this month all have been co-wholesaling with at least three wholesalers involved. So that's what I'm saying. Like we don't have every buyer in in our database, right? So. Um, that's one way of doing it. So you're linking up and building relationships. I probably have like five, just like we say, get five, 10 core buyers. I probably have five, 10 core wholesalers that we just talk every couple of days or whatever it is, what you got, here's what I got, what you got coming up. And we were, you know, brainstorming. What do you think I could put this out with? You, you know, do you have a buyer already? So sometimes you connect deals before you even blast it out. So, so yeah, so it, it, it it's fun. Yeah. You know what and I mean? So, yeah. 
And, and one of my experiences in one of my virtual markets, I don't even look for cash buyers because I know this one person, he is, I don't want to say he's cornered the market on cash buyers, but he have tons of cash buyers. And when I tried to go into that market and find those cash buyers, yes, I was finding cash buyers. I was closing deals, but guess what? I was closing deals for a smaller amount than he was. So he was seeing all of the deals that I was putting out and he was reaching back out to me. He was like, Hey man, because he was on my cash buyers list. He was like, Hey man, I can get you about 10 grand more on this property. I can get you 15 grand more on this property. So instead of me being selfish saying, nah, I don't want to co-wholesale. I want everything for myself. I said, okay, let's do it, man. If you can get me more and I'm putting it out for 150 and you can get 165. Hey, Take the 15, take whatever. And as long as I get what I get, I'm happy. So that's another way that you can work with other wholesalers with co-wholesaling. So if you're going into another market or if you're just starting right here, find those wholesalers that are players and they will move your deals. And more, more than likely, they'll be able to move your deals at a higher amount than you can. So you get the deal moved and make more money on top of it. And then you're because that that just to give context to that situation, that was when you're doing virtual, right? Yes, yes. It could happen local too, right? If yep. you don't, you might have it priced wrong. Yeah, that's your network is going to help you price it better or whatever it may be. Yeah, because I know we had Sean Terry on Monday, and one of the things that he always did was said, "Hey, bring me your deals. If I can't get you more on this deal, then you can go out and shop the deal yourself." And the majority of the time he would get more on that deal because he had more of an intrinsic buyers list that can get more and they were from all over the place. So again, that, that goes into quality, quantity and quality when it comes to your cash buyers. Yeah. Another tip I want to throw out there for going to how to find buyers. One thing that's working for us right now is connecting with 1031 exchanges. So there, there's these people that they have time. There's there's strategies to extend it, but majority of people don't know. So it's like a lot of these buyers, they hop, they sell a property out of state or or local. They made a bunch of money. Now they're trying to reinvest it. So they have, they have 45 days, I think it is, to identify a property to get under contract so they could defer taxes and and, and so on. So we have a we have two buyers right now. We're, we sold, they're looking for specifically like Chandler. We sold them two deals last month because they're trying to do the 1031 exchange. And there's another lady we're working with right now that's looking to buy two deals before January 31st through a 1031 exchange. So they have a problem. They have a they have pressure. They have a pain point that they need to solve. So one lady, she's even going outside of her buy box. She was like, I want this neighborhood in this area. We're like, it's hard to find something at what you're looking for. So she started opening up. So she, she's really serious. So we need deals to feed those 1031. So look in your local area, look for 1031. There's maybe build relationships with a company that, at the 1031 exchange. So I just want to throw that in there. That's working for us too. So if you guys are out there looking for deals, finding deals, have leads on deals, feel free to share them with us. We can help you close those deals. We can help you because we have buyers. We have the resources. We have everything that we need. And actually, Mike is a buyer. I'm a buyer. So we're trying We're trying to find more deals. All right. So we're almost to the end, Mike. We're wrapping up here. Kind of touch on daisy chaining. Is it good? Is it bad? What's is there any misnomers when it comes to daisy chaining? You know, it, it gets a bad rep, daisy chain. So there's, like I said, when we first explained co-wholesaling, the relationship and the permission 
is is like I think is a big part and having that clear communication of how the deal's going down, where escrow's open. Uh, let me know if it's sold or not, so you're not wasting your time. Like, like that's that's the way to do it. I don't mind how many wholesales. If I'm getting my number, if I put it out at a number and I priced it wrong, or you another wholesaler just knows a different type of buyer that's willing to pay more and they make more than me, I don't care. I don't care if you, if the deal gets sold, I don't care who's involved as long as the deal's done right and correctly. So people look down on Daisy Chain. So there's those, so do it the right way and have those relationships. Whereas then there's those companies that just copy and paste. Boom. They just say, hey, Mike and Marcus sent out a deal, copy, paste, add my fee, blast. And then it's like you call, you know, wholesalers, when I see a deal I want or like, I call the wholesaler and they're like, let me ask my partner, you know what I mean? And then you don't hear back from them because they probably already sold or something. They just don't have direct access. So that's the part that that's hard. Or you go in the contract with that wholesaler that doesn't have, you know, the, the right contacts. It just, it just messes up the deal. And if you're trying to wholesale to your buyer, not that they're going to be, you're not going to lose your reputation, but they're, you know, you want to show that you, you have things under control and you get, get the deal done. So yeah, just don't be that Daisy. Yeah. Tra transparency. Yeah. Again, you can co-wholesale, but you just want to make sure that everybody knows exactly what you're doing, who you are. Can yeah. you get in direct contact with the wholesaler that's indirect, that has direct contact with the seller? That's most important. And then straight up, when I get, I have an email that's just all wholesalers, right? And then when you see that property come in that you might want to buy, and it's like, you know, 250, 255, 260, 279, 240, you're like, Okay. You know, you're just going to call the lowest one <laughs> yep. when they all come in. So anyway, so try to do that first before you just call anyone that copies and pastes. So, all right, guys. So if you have any questions, if you're looking to get started wholesaling, or if you're looking for your next deal and you want to go direct to seller, we have Build Your Wholesale Business Step-by-Step -step that's going on this weekend. You can go to asria.org right now go right now and register and you can be in that class. We have about 30 people already pre-registered. How many? 37. 37 people already pre-registered. So the room is definitely going to fill up. Me and Mike are going to be with you for two days from nine to five. We will be with you for two days. And guess what? You'll get direct contact to us. You'll be able to ask questions, touch us, you know, smile at us. Hey, look us directly in our... No, but what, okay. Jump into uh, the Deal Finders Club. Did that? Yeah. When's our first date on that? January 19th? So Deal Finders Club is opening up January 19th. And the Deal Finders Club is where deals get done. It's me and Mike. We created an exclusive club just for members that are looking to either get their first deal done or get their next deal done. We work with you hand in hand. We meet every Thursday on Zoom and then we have one in person. So the doors are open. The doors are open for the Deal Finders Club. You can go to as, I'm sorry, azdfc.com. That's azdfc.com. We have over 30 lessons, 12 modules full of jam-packed content that you can learn in your individual course studies. And then again, we get on with you on Thursdays and we go over any questions that you have. We dive deeper into the content as far as how to write the contract, 
where to get, we provide you the contract. We actually show you how to find deals, where to find deals, how to talk to motivated sellers. You'd be able to come to our call-a-thons. We have everything right there for you. So there's absolutely no excuse for you not to be able to get that next deal. I mean, we have, we have students that are closing deals. We have Michaela. She closed three deals last month. We had Donna, she's closing deals. Cyrus closed on two land deals. Um, then we had a student that's not in DFC, but came to our wholesale step-by-step class and she closed the deal. So we're actually doing deals. It's not just sitting in the classroom, teaching you and showing you, but we go out to the properties. We help you. We get on the phone. So that's the deal finders club. You can go to azdfc.com. That's azdfc.com. And we have a calendar that, that we'll be providing you to show you exactly what you're going to be doing each week. So it's a cohort, just like a college course, and you're definitely going to learn. I love it. I love it. I love seeing Mike, the transformation from when students first start to when they get to the end of the course. It's an eight week course and they have the confidence. That's the most important thing is the confidence that they have, because now they go from, Hey man, you know what? I was so scared to do this to now hey, I don't mind calling the seller because if I get stuck, if I get in a place, I can always schedule some time with Mike or Marcus and they'll jump right on with me and make the call with me or go to that property with me. Yeah, or like you said, the transformation or even better when they're like, hey, Mike Marcus, I don't need you anymore. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that, that's, the, that's the best. So yeah, love it, man. That's what January 19th is uh, the first date. Yes, January 19th is the first date. We'll love to have you in the, in the class. All right. That's a wrap. Okay, guys, we will see you this weekend. Marcus, Mike, signing off. Thank you for being loyal listeners to the Azria Show. Thanks for listening to the Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.